Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Tatecast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, I was joined by Matt Franciscovich from EA Sports to talk about Madden 20. Uh, we also had him on last year to talk about Madden 2019 when the game came out. Got some pretty good responses to that podcast, gave away some codes for Madden 2020, and we had a, a great discussion about competitive gaming, uh, you know, how Fortnite, FIFA, Madden, how all of these games compete and complement each other in the complementary space, as well as some of the changes in Madden 20, discuss some of the ratings on Madden, and just a, sort of an enjoyable conversation with a guy who uh, I really enjoy talking to. I think that you guys will like the episode. Uh, if you do like the show and want to support it, you can always leave a rating and review on iTunes. That is always helpful. You can subscribe to the show on Patreon, uh, www.patreon.com slash Tatecast, uh, where you can get bonus episodes of the show, uh, make community posts, those sorts of things. Uh, that's, of course, always a appreciated as well. And finally, we are presented by rotoexperts.com and the NFL 365 package, the absolute best customizable projections, cheat sheets, rankings, uh, premium content, ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, ultimate guide to play draft best balls, and much more will be included in your $39.99 membership that you can get for 10% off using the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K. And now let's go ahead and get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the TakeCast, joined by Matt Franciscovich, content strategist at EA Sports. We had him on the show last year when Madden came out. Excited to have him back again this year. Likely going to be giving out a couple codes uh, of Madden for all of you Take cast listeners out there. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm wonderful, man. Thanks for having me back. It's our annual Madden chat. I love it. I love it. I love being able to talk to the people behind Madden because it was like, for real, it was such an integral part of my childhood. Like, I, it sounds it sounds so weird when people talk about video games that way, but I mean, I, I play I've played every version of Madden that has existed probably since I don't know 2001. Whenever whenever Dante Culpepper was on the cover, I believe that was my my first year playing. Yeah, man. I was playing on PC in like 1998 um, when you had to like dial up with your friends and you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy because nowadays like, like NFL rookie players, like they grew up playing it too. And they're like, they learn football through Madden and you know, it's fun talking to them being like, what was your first game? They're like 2004. And like, well, it, I'm aging myself by saying right, I was yeah. 98, but like, yeah, it's it's a it's a cool kind of cultural phenomenon, and everyone knows it, and everyone you know, whether you, your mom, your grandma, everyone knows. knows. Yeah, it's true. Like I, I think like my, my parents probably wouldn't be able to like name like any FIFA players. They wouldn't even really know that a FIFA video game exists. But like they definitely both know Madden. They definitely yeah. both know that they like bought me Madden when I was a kid. Like it, the the cultural permeation of Madden is larger than probably any other game other than Fortnite. I would think. For sure, for sure. And, and, you know, John Madden started it as he wanted to, to be like a teaching tool, like a learning tool for football and strategy. And it used to be like this 8-bit situation. And now it's come 
as far as it's come. And, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know when the last like public sighting of John Madden was, but he's got to be able to see this stuff and be really proud that it turned into what it is. Yeah, I booted up. I booted up the game last night. I started playing through um, Madden Ultimate Team. Like I, I, everyone who listens to this podcast knows, I'm I'm super addicted to FIFA Ultimate Team. But I, I generally play Madden Ultimate Team a little bit throughout the year as well. And I, the thing that I think is so cool is seeing things that happen in real life football transition themselves over into the game. Like something they introduced this year was like the run pass options, which is like all that anyone can talk about. And um, like all the option routes, and like, like just being able to like, so I read this book called the perfect pass, which was about the invention of the air raid offense and like the four verts play. And like, I just love being able to go into a game and call plays based off of like things that like actually happen on real football fields and see them work out in time. Like it, it is very cool to be able to have an engine that realistically mimics that. Yeah, for sure. And and the guys who the developers, a lot of them either were like players in the NFL or um, you know, Barry Sanders Jr. is is on our team here. Um I, I'm not sure if he has anything to do with developing the game, but we have these guys going out to games. We call them Madden ratings adjusters. I don't know if you've seen anything on that, but Dustin Smith, the the head Madden yeah. adjuster, was on the show last week and he was basically like Dude, I watch film. I watch every game. I rewatch yeah. every game. Like it, like I honestly had no idea how intensive. Like, cause I, I'm just putting myself in charge of like how would I do ratings, and I would like well, I right. try to do it how I do like fantasy football rankings. But obviously, like that's not going to work when you have to have an like an accurate rating for the Seattle Seahawks rotational defensive end. Right. Exactly. So yeah, these guys, the guys who who make the ratings and develop you know the the what goes on in the offensive line like they are studying it they are grinding tape in the off season you know they're watching football on Sundays and like you said like repeat watching and people don't understand they're just like oh some some idiot over at EA is just like throwing ratings into a spreadsheet and putting in the game like no these guys study this stuff I didn't know you had you said you had Dustin on I, I yeah, got he, he was on the podcast last Friday we he was on for about like 20 minutes yeah 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 he's a popular guy this time of season and you know, we when we launched July was our ratings month, so we're wrapping up July now. And you know, we did the '99 Club first, um, and then we did rookie ratings, and then like all the team and regular ratings. And man, there were there was some. I remember Keenan Allen specifically was really upset about his rating. He said a lot of guys said they were going to boycott Madden this year, and then um, Tom Brady sent us or sent our Twitter account like a a fake like 40 because he wasn't upset with, or he was upset with his speed rating. So right. he sent like this doctored 40 video of him running in a yard. It was just like a blur of smoke. Um, so it's fun to like have a back and forth with the players. They care so much about the rating. Um, but we made some changes to the game this year where some guys were bumped down a few. It's called a rating stretch. Which Yeah, was- no, I really like, I talked about this with Dustin. I actually really like this concept because I think it makes the better players even better. Yeah, uh, like it, right. it makes it makes the and it also gives some value to like so everyone in ultimate team wants the running quarterbacks like everyone wants like the throwback bit cards and cam newton and lamar jackson and stuff but i actually right. think the the interesting thing that happened with this rating spread is like oh well tom brady's like a, a pretty viable guy like you would play him because his passes are just going to be caught and completed at a much higher rate right and the introduction of the superstar x-factor abilities gives a quarterback like Brady 
so you can pick, you know, you, you don't have to get a Vic or a Lamar Jackson anymore to like dominate all the time. If your play style is more, you know, like a, like a pocket passer, they're giving guys like Brady and Aaron Rodgers these abilities where if that's your play style, you can use that to your advantage and you're not to as such a disadvantage anymore if you are not using a mobile quarterback. So Brady has, I think his is called Pro Reads, his superstar X Factor. You know, it light. I think I think what happens is when he gets in the zone, there are quantifiers for getting in the zone, and then his receivers, like his first open receiver, lights up, so you can hit the button and he'll be yeah. open. Yeah. So like that's, I think that was like one of the coolest innovations in Madden 20 that I think well, we're trying to do a good job explaining, but it's kind of hard to get people to understand. Hey, there's these certain players at all the skill positions that are separate from the rest of the pack. Well, this is this is like the key thing that all video game developers have to do, whether it be Madden, whether it be FIFA, whether it be Fortnite, whether it be Call of Duty, is you want there to be more than one way to win the game. Yeah. So in previous years, the way that you have won at Madden is by having a, a running mobile quarterback so that if the opposing team doesn't pressure you, you take off and you get 10 yards every snap. In FIFA this year, the way that you win is you have really fast wingers and you have them go down, and then you have them do something called the L Tornado Cross, which like is that important or relevant to this discussion? So that's how you win games in FIFA. And then for a long time in Fortnite, it was everyone who's super good at building. And if you've never watched Fortnite, it basically means you, you can literally just build very tall towers to run away from your opponents, wait for them to die, and then you can end up victorious. And so Every video game developer, their key question is, how do I develop a way for there to be more than one successful equation to win at this game? And I, I, I like the idea of a solution as to boosting specific elements inside the game. I like that as a potential solution to the, like, I get, they call, in video game talk, they call it the most effective tactic available. And, and Madden, it seems like there might be multiple now. The meta, the meta. The meta, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and... I, I spent the last year going to these competitive Madden tournaments that we do, um, you know, Madden Challenge, Madden Classic, Madden Bowl. And it is, it does get a little bit stale because everyone is a mobile quarterback. Everyone rolls out, drop, either launches a pass deep or just runs. And that gets old to watch. And now there's all these new factors in the game where you have to know who the superstar X Factor players are. You have to know what gets them in and out of the zone and how to counter them. And if you don't on both sides of the ball, you're at a huge disadvantage. So now our competitors, our, our professional Madden players, like need to study. They need to like memorize which players they are, what their abilities are, and how to counter them. Because if you're not doing that, then you're a step behind and the, your, your opponent has a step up on you. So there's a lot of new wrinkles in Madden this year that I think is going to make it super exciting once people start figuring this out. Yeah. So you hit on something I really did want to talk about, which is just like the state of competitive gaming overall, because I, yeah. I like, I, I guess if you were to give my stance a position, you would say I'm like, I'm like long esports. I think over the next 20, 30 years, esports is going to become like esports will be more popular than baseball. More people will watch like the world series of Fortnite. More people will watch the E champions league final than they will watch the world series of baseball. Like I, I I'm pretty firm that that is going to be a thing over the long run like just like look at the the popularity and success of like video game youtubers or twitch streamers like these guys are yeah. super successful and some of them make like professional athlete money that's like that's like a, a real thing that happens so 
Fortnite has been really able to amass these massive prize pools, despite being like a pretty relative newcomer and, and the, the base game is free. So how has like the Madden sports scene sort of evolved? Because the Madden pro scene has been around for a decade, maybe even longer. Like they've, they've had shows on ESPN, like people all sort of know that competitive Madden gaming exists. How has Madden sort of started to evolve into the esports era? Yeah, so it's been kind of a slow burn, and Madden has really grown incrementally each season, but it's growing slowly. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's an, Amer- only, uh, an American sport, so, like, you're not going right, to get the yeah. global audience like FIFA or Fortnite. Has, they just had their World Cup or any other, like, first-person shooter that you see. And, and, you know, it's really big in, like, Korea, all these, um, like, Overwatch League and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, uh, Counter-Strike Go. Yeah, which is huge. And and Dota and Dota 2, like, they have, like, $40 million prize pools. Yeah, they fill fill up stadiums for people to play Counter-Strike in Korea. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, Madden isn't on that level, but it has been an organic growth. There's there's this core community um, that, that... tunes into every stream we do they they're always watching the the competitions and and there are like you know there's these recurring guys who are really good at the game like a skimbo and Drini who who won a couple majors this year um but the cool thing about madden is every year there's like a couple new younger guys that you've never heard of that figure out some kind of new meta or some kind of way to take advantage of what the other guys are doing they come on the scene and, you know, they, they rise up the ranks. No one's ever heard of them. No one knows their play style and they win a tournament. And I think that part of it helps us gain new fans and new competitors and say, you know, you're, you're a 14 year old kid sitting on your couch watching Twitch and some, some guy no one's ever heard of just won a Madden tournament. Like I can do that too. So like, I think with the other esports, it's harder because, these guys are professionals and they they're they're backed by these orgs and like it seems like this unachievable thing because they're so good but with madden you know our 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 slogan is like from couch to champion so that's kind of one way we're trying to grow like hey you're sitting on your couch you could rise up the ranks you could win a few thousand dollars you know sometimes uh sometimes your parents aren't really down with that but yeah madden madden has been a slow burn and it's been really organic some of these some of these uh, sports, you just kind of see like they have this huge skyrocket and then they like kind of level out and fall off. Madden has just been slowly rising over the last few years. Um, but yeah, competitive Madden goes back decades, like you said, but it all used to be like underground tournaments in like hotel conference rooms with like an MC and it was like people would go around, like take buses around to the next tournament. Now it's like this organized thing. EA runs these major tournaments. Um, and people are winning like uh, the club championship last year, an 18 year old kid won $100,000. So the prize pools aren't as big as you would say Fortnite is, but it's because it's a much smaller game. Well, the player pool is way smaller though. Like I think, I think the Madden, Madden is like appropriately sized. Like Fortnite has just like a, just an absolutely insane player base. Like so many people play it Uh, in, in Madden is competitive gaming in ultimate team or is it done like head to head seasons? Uh, There's a couple of different ways. It's, it's like, uh, mutt draft, uh, mutt salary cap, and there's head-to-head mode, and then to qualify for weekend league, and then past that, like we have, uh, you know, qualification like ladder periods for each major. Uh, we just announced the season actually on Friday evening, 
Um, so yeah, it's, there's a lot of different ways. So like each tournament has its own mode. So like the Madden Classic is reg. So you're playing with regular NFL teams, rosters. And then the other three, uh, I think Madden Challenge is salary cap. No, Madden Challenge is mutt draft and, and club championship is salary cap. Um, so it, there's different strategies in creating your rosters. Um, in the draft mode, you know, our devs give you a, pl- a certain player pool to work from. You get three cards and you pick one for each position and then you go. It's kind of like a fantasy draft. Um, so challenge, the Madden Challenge, there's always like a younger kid winning because it's like this different strategy. Um, and you don't get to like craft your salary cap team ahead of time like you do for the other tournaments. So it's kind of, it's a little more random. And it seems that like younger unknown people have a better chance of winning that based on what's half-assed. So. Yeah, every tournament has its own format. Try to we try to keep it exciting. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like the way that Madden is structured because the way the the sport that I like the esport I watch the most is I watch pretty much all like the major FIFA tournaments. And there is like the the thing that is sort of difficult about FIFA com, like competitive wise is so like in Madden you could really go and be great. Like you mentioned, like you could just kind of be anybody. In FIFA, yeah. in FIFA, it's sort of tough because it's all based inside Ultimate Team, and it's yeah. very hard, it's very hard to construct an amazing Ultimate Team without like any sort of professional backing because that like you like it's just sort of, it, it's like professional soccer or something like you have to have backing behind you because you don't have the resources to to build the team and to do the travel because like everything inside of FIFA takes place like outside of a salary cap or anything else like it's it's just full on regular like ultimate team yes exactly and and every FIFA roster has like everyone's got Ronaldo everyone's got like I forget what they're called. The icons. Okay. Yeah, every everyone has Patrick Vieira, Rude Hollett, Ronaldo, yeah. uh, team team of the year, uh, Sergio Ramos. Like, right. like there are like five guys that like you. If you don't have them on your team, you're not going to be able to win whatever tournament you're in. Right, right, and so Madden allows people to get a little more creative and you know draft a team. That yeah, you don't. That that is another great thing about Madden is guys have different teams. Like whereas, like I like there, I remember at the the one that takes place like halfway, like right near, like maybe a month after Team of the Year, there was like there like of the four teams that made it to the semifinal, they they shared like nine players. Like nine right. players were on all all four teams. Right, and there's always like a random mutt card. Like it was like a 94 Team of the Year, Andre Roberts last year that won, um, his name was Pavon. He won the club championship, which was around Super Bowl weekend. And he, I think he scored like three or four like deep touchdowns with this Andre Roberts who no one else had on the roster. Um, and just kind of came out of nowhere. And then, like, and this has happened with FIFA, too. Like, later that day or, like, a few hours later, you go into the auction. Then, then the price spikes. Yeah, and the, the card is sold out or, like, the price goes up, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars, a couple hundred thousand coins because everyone's buying it up. Um, so it's cool to see competitive actually affect the market in month and fun, yeah. I remember that the example this year was the guy who won uh, one of one of the big. I I never remember the names of the FIFA tournaments, but the guy had some eighty-one rated Japanese inform who had like five-star skills, and he scored an El Tornado like volley goal to himself, and the and the card went up to like fifty k from ten yeah. k on the on the market. I think his name was Dolan Mike. He won. Yep. Yeah, that was the name of the guy. Yeah, he won a Fudge Champions Cup in like February. 
Um, and he was young. He's only like 16. But yeah, that one directly affected the, the, the ultimate team in FIFA too. It was nuts because no one had ever heard of this guy. He's like an 81 overall. Why are you using him in a tournament? He was just right. He was just winning with him. So everyone was like, got to get this card. All right. So there are some changes outside of ultimate team in Madden that I wanted to talk to you about. There is the, the QB one mode and the face of the franchise mode, which I think is sort of modeled after the journey from FIFA. Have you got a chance to dig in either of those modes? I haven't actually played them, but I've written a lot about them. So basically, uh, yeah, you basically start out uh, as a quarterback playing in college football national champ. And so we were, Madden EA Sports was happy to be like, hey, you can play as an NCAA, like the NCAA is kind of back in Madden. You can pick up from one of 10, I think, Division One teams. You play the national championship game to like start your NFL career. And then after that game, you go through the combine. So you have to perform the combine and you get drafted. So it's like the whole draft season process. And then you land with an NFL team and then you have to kind of like work your way up the ranks. And there's like, you know, texting with your coach and, and different scenarios that can happen that affect your development. Um, and you kind of develop an archetype as a quarterback. And then that's like the start of your career in the NFL. And then you try to work your way up to like being a superstar. And then are there rewards at the end that prompt that like you get like a sick card and ultimate team that like, cause that was the way it worked in. That was the way it worked in the journey is you get like, you get your card and ultimate team and you get like some reward packs and stuff. I do not know, but I assume there would be some kind of reward for going through all that. Um, I think it was just a way too for us to kind of refresh the franchise mode a little bit because it had gotten stale and, you know, we try to cater to all of our communities, the Muck community, the franchise community, the Play Now community. Um, so it was kind of our way of being like, hey, we got the, these new changes in franchise mode. So jump in, play in college. Everyone wanted it. Everyone wants NCAA football back. But, you know, this was our way of kind of like giving a nod to that request, but um, not giving the full blown game because I guess we're not allowed to. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk let's talk some of these rankings. Uh, we had we had Dustin on the show last oh week boy. to talk about the process of creating them. So the the first ranking I want to take an issue with, and and I, I would love to get your opinion on some of the ones that you take an issue with, is the 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 one that most stuck in my craw was was Tom Brady at ninety six overall. I I just I felt like that dude. That's just I know they just won the Super Bowl. I know he's the goat. It's way too high for 41-year-old Tom Brady. And uh, Dustin made a good point. He said, like, when does Tom Brady ever make a mistake? When does he not do what he's told to do? And ideally, that's what a Madden quarterback should be. But there is just something wrong to me about him being only one rating worse than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think it's just a nod to, like, the longevity of his career. He's still, like, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's obviously in the sunset of his career now, even though he just came off of a, you know, a Super Bowl. So that's it's hard to say that. But, like, yeah, it's tough because last year Brady started as a 99. He was at the 99 club and then dropped a few spots because he had, like, a rough first first half of the season. Um, so, yeah, I understand the qualms to Brady being one – you know, but, like, look at the top few guys. It's all, like, these veteran guys who've been around for a while, like Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, these veteran goats. And then, like, Patrick Mahomes is on the cover, and he's, like, the breakout star. So it makes sense that he's at the top, um, followed up by these, like – a lot of people, I think, had an issue with Philip Rivers being the third best. But, like, yo, Philip Rivers hasn't missed a regular season game in, like, 13 seasons or something. And 
Um, you know, he's got good weapons around him to keep him consistently producing. And um, I don't know. I, I think Aaron Rodgers should probably be higher than Tom Brady. And there's- and, uh, well, and just if we're, if we're going to pick nits at the quarterback position, I think, I think 82 for Deshaun Watson is, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that's great. I think like, I, I, I just, I can't, I can't get on board with that one. I think Jameis at 76 is probably a little low. And like, like, and if I, obviously if I was doing the rankings, Cam Newton would be like 90 overall, not 84 overall. Yeah. I feel you. I think a lot of this has to do with the stretch stuff too. Um, no. And I actually think that is, that is a good point is like the, all of these guys should feel different to use. Like Kirk Cousins shouldn't feel the same to use as Matt Ryan, even though you would say they're like, those guys are like similar, like similar, like pretty accurate pocket passer type quarterbacks. Like they should feel different in the game. And the way to do that is through making, you know, there should be quarterbacks at 99 and there should be quarterbacks at 76 because that like reflects reality. Right, right. And um, a lot of these guys at the top of this list are the superstar X factor. So if you can learn how to take advantage of like getting them in their zone and unlocking those abilities, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers can be better than Tom Brady because he has a different ability called gambler where like he can't be picked off by AI once he's in the zone or something like that. And Tom Brady's is just pro reads giving you the open passer. So, you know, find a quarterback who fits your play style, unlock their ability. And you can kind of understand how like, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a 90, Tom Brady's a 96, but you might be better off using Aaron Rodgers use him yeah. correctly. so who are some of the who are some of the ratings that you took an issue with like what or that you would make All different right. if you were in charge so let's yeah so so at the running back position let me just uh sort these real quick Saquon Barkley is like I think the fifth highest rated running back and so I broke I broke these down yeah so it's Todd Gurley at number one he's a 97 overall and then Zeke Lev Bell Melvin Gordon and then Saquon is uh the number five tied for fifth with Christian McCaffrey at 91. But I, I did wrote articles on the top five running backs and broke down the ratings. And I think what it came down to for Saquon was his ball carrier vision rating, which is like we're getting like in the weeds here, but there's all these different ratings. Yeah, there, and, there are like 50 different categories for every guy. Right. And, and you compare his ball carrier vision to the guys in front of him and look, he's only in his second NFL season. I'm not trying to talk about NFL real actual football analysis here, but when you're giving ratings to a video game player, you have to ha- you can't just be like, "Oh, he had a great rookie year, so now he's going to be the best running back in the league." So I understand that aspect of it, but like if you compare his ball carrier vision to the other guys, it's way lower. It's uh, I'm trying to find it, and I. Can't I mean, if you if you want to talk about real football implications here uh Saquon Barkley like had a pretty low success rate from football outsiders last year he had a ton of runs go for like under three yards or negative yards he just was one of the best guys in the open field so like I kind of get it the the running back rating to me that just seems like just bad is Kareem Hunt at 90 I I just I, I like I get theoretically that like when we've seen him he's been super effective but you know, I, like, is, is Kareem Hunt meaningfully better than Joe Mixon? Is he meaningfully better than David Johnson? Is he meaningfully better than, you know, like, James Conner? I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I, I got to agree with you there. The other one is, like, the other one people have a problem with is, like, the catching ratings for running backs. So, like, if you look at Alvin Kamara, his catching rating is 77. Christian McCaffrey is 81, which is, like, the highest. 
among running backs, and that still doesn't seem very high. But you have to remember, too, that these ratings are being compared with the top wide receivers in the league. So it comes down to like, all right, 81 doesn't seem that high. Yeah, but- it'll, it'll fudge. It'll also fudge the ratings. If you give like Christian yeah. McCaffrey like a 95 catching rating, he's going to be like 98 rated overall because it's all algorithmic, I assume. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I assume too. I don't know what the science is behind the, the like overall coming out, but it's got to be some kind of crazy formula based on everything else. But yeah, like I would argue David Johnson needs to be above Kareem Hunt. That's a little whack. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I don't you guys, know. <laughs> do, you, do you guys have uh, Rob Gronkowski somewhere stored away in the database files ready to add him back into the game at a moment's notice? I think he's in there. Yeah, I think he's uh, in the background. You know, there's this, it's basically this gigantic spreadsheet that Dustin makes. Right. Um, and uh, trying to find it. Um, but yeah, there are like guys in there that are free agents or like guys that are injured and out for the year and their names are still in there. So, like, yeah, if Gronk came back, we could just plug him in with whatever his ratings were from last season. Uh, and, you know, the, t- the tight ends, the tight ends, you can tell, are, it's like, cle- it's very clearly influenced by like career stats because like Delaney Walker is a 92, Greg Olson is an 89, Jordan Reed is an 88. Like, it, it, it's sort of what's really interesting is to compare these to like fantasy football rankings. Because I think I think yeah. that's like I think where most people come at it. Like they think in their head, like okay, this needs to correlate with like how I would draft guys and a fantasy football draft. And a lot of them do not do that. Like a lot, like a lot of these rankings do not correspond that way. Right. Like Hunter Henry's an eighty-six, and you know he's one of like a top what top five fantasy tight end right. this year. Yeah. And you but, know, and, and Tyler Eifert is an eighty-eight. Right. Right. And that's you know fa- a lot of fantasy is based on like upside and and potential. This is like Madden has to go with like what has happened. What have these guys actually done on the field in the past? Not what we think they're going to do going forward. So I get that. So who are some guys whose ratings you expect to change in 2019? And this can kind of be like you can give some of your fantasy football takes here too. Because I have like a couple sure. ideas of guys I expect to be like pretty radically different by like uh, eight. I think if Patrick Mahomes does what he like continues to do what he did last year, he could jump up to 99 by the end of the season. Um, I don't know. A- Antonio Brown, wide receiver, is a 98. He's the second best tied with Julio Jones in the game. I mean, I know Antonio Brown is good, but he's getting older. I don't know if he's going to stay at a 98. I think he's going to drop off. Yeah, that, that seems pretty accurate to me. Um, and then Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. They're, Thielen's a 94 and Stephon Diggs is a 93 overall. I think if Diggs can like, stay healthy and be more consistent I feel like he's he's produced, but just not consistently. Like he could, what Adam Thielen did the first half of the year last year was outrageous. I don't say that. I think Diggs overtake. Um, I'm kind of I, I, that seems accurate to me as well. I do kind of avoid Diggs in fantasy drafts just because he has been inconsistent um, and injury prone. And also, like Devontae Adams is a 92. He's bumped way down here. You could argue as him as like the wide receiver one in fantasy. Like you could make the argument. So I think if him and Rodgers get cooking again this year, he's we're going to see him creep up to like the 95, 96 range. Yeah, I mean, like Adams is just sort of a, a product of like, and I think Rodgers' rating is this too, is the Packers just were like awful to watch last year and they were so yeah. inefficient and horrible. Like that stuff has to influence Madden rating. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, but they changed even before, even after the first preseason game, these ratings are going to change. Yeah. Um, so they change every week. 
and it's like this big deal. And we have these ratings adjusters now going around to games and the players are like so into it and like trying to argue their case. But looking at some wide receivers here, you know, Julian Edelman's an 89, which I guess is fair, but I, I always am like, this is the year Julian Edelman is going to stop producing. And then he never right. stops and has a great postseason. They win another Super Bowl. And I'm like, God damn it, Julian Edelman, like just fall off already. Yeah. So one of the ratings I think that seems like way too high is Richard Sherman at 93. I, I would expect like Byron Jones, uh, Casey Hayward, and maybe even like Denzel Ward and uh, and Marshawn Lattimore to be higher rated than him at some point in the year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I think like what we were talking about before, it's kind of based on like the past and not right. what's going to happen. So at at launch, yeah, I think uh, I got to agree with you on those takes. Like there are these younger, younger, like defensive backs that can definitely move up the ranks here and surpass a guy like Richard Sherman in decline. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, there we go. There is a, there is a, a comprehensive discussion on Madden 2020. Tell people, you know, just give, give people, give people your plugs for the game. All right. Well, Madden 20 is available world, worldwide on August second that's this friday it's, it's mad launch week baby i'm really excited to be part of it this year there's some really new and innov- cool innovations and changes to the game i think people are going to have a lot of fun exploring this and figuring out how to take advantage of their pals sitting on the couch um, so just follow our social channels ea madden nfl on twitter um, you know follow us on twitch for our competitive gaming streams ea madden nfl and follow me at matt franchise on twitter there we go that'll do it everybody <laughs>